Hey friends, I appreciate you tuning into the Deal Farm Podcast, where I hope you feel at least mildly entertained and possibly even inspired to take big action towards improving your life and your business. On this episode of the Deal Farm, we get to chat with Dave Dupuis, a Canadian firefighter turned investor who has built an impressive portfolio of houses all over the world in a short amount of time. Hang around to hear his inspiring story. Ken, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, man. If, I'd be more merry if I wasn't uh, completely sick. Tis the season to come down with a flu, a cold, some nasty bug. It really is the season. I basically <laughs> go the whole year, nothing, and then days before Christmas. Boom. Making oh. up for lost time. Yep. Yep. It's not COVID or anything like that. You just got nah, a simple cold. Nah, it's just a good old-fashioned head cold, man. Yeah. Once a year. Once a year, you got to knock one yep. of those out. That's about what it is. I really don't get sick that often, but yeah, like once a year, I'm going to just, even when the rest of the family gets sick, I feel multiple times this year, everybody else was sick, but me, I guess it's my turn. I got a one-year-old and a three-year-old. So we constantly have a flow of germs through the house and I have a daughter who's a nurse that works in a hospital. So anytime we're all feeling pretty good, she comes to visit and it's like, oh, new, new batch of germs for us all to get. (laughs) Nice. You know, remember when we were kids, it was always about the weather. Oh, you caught a cold. Is there any science to that? Like being cold? No, not what at all. What was that about? Oh, out in the rain. Yeah, it's probably parents like, you know, not want your kid to be dumb and be outside in the rain without a coat on or something. Yeah. I mean, it's because like just the fact that it's cold around here right now, has, which it is, has should have nothing to do with the fact that I'm Otherwise, sick people right in now. Canada would always be sick, right? Those those yeah. folks up in Alaska would just be constantly sick. No, that this has nothing true. to do with the weather. This was, uh, I'm not sure even meant to do that, but that's a wonderful segue into our guest who is Canadian. I'd like to say it was, but it, it wasn't. <laughs> are, are they feeling sick? You know, I doubt it. I think that they're doing just fine. Our good friends, Mel and Dave Dubuis out of, uh, I couldn't even tell you the exact town that they're out of because they're like in the middle of nowhere, Canada, but they Isn't have a phenomenal Canada? story. I think most of Canada is middle of nowhere, Canada, unless That's you're like Montreal, true. Toronto, right? Quebec. That's about it. And then everything else is just massive landmass. You know, interesting fun fact i'm scheduled a family vacation this summer to take the kids to toronto and to uh montreal never been before Ooh, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> remember that no, what <laughs> you don't remember that no uh, uh, well i'll tell you later <laughs> <laughs> no idea what that was oh, you I'm don't sure. oh no. surely one of uh, our listeners has got to hear that and be like come on there was a movie probably in the early 80s strange brew did you oh, ever yeah, see yeah. i remember strange brew yeah john candy and uh oh man it was awesome yeah Rick i think Ryan. i was i think i wasn't old enough to watch it though i remember the movie and i think i remember not being able to watch it it's probably i was a middle school man that was just like the movie just classic canadian humor love that that's probably oh, like a cult classic now i need to go back and watch it totally worth taking you gotta have your kids watch watch strange brew yeah that's too funny <laughs> Well, speaking of Canadians and in uh, a little bit of real estate, I say we bring Dave in and uh, have a good chat with him. What do you think? Fantastic. Let's do it now. So, Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ken. Appreciate it. Great to meet you. It's always fun to meet a Canadian, eh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I never even noticed I'm doing it until I, I, you know, I'm in the U.S. and I'm like. And I'm like, Mel, let's not do the A here, right? Because they'll pick up on it, but hey, it's just natural. Like, what is all this about? Yeah, <laughs> I love the Canadian accent. You know what's funny, too? I noticed that even even sort of the U.S. 
Midwest accent. Like the closer you get to the border, the more those accents kind of start to blend together a little bit. Yeah. You know, I, I've gone down the rabbit hole on some, some YouTube videos on making fun of the, yeah, it's, it's, they kind of sound Canadian or, or we sound like them. I guess you could look at it either way. That's right. That's right. Too funny. All right. So you, so, so tell folks where you, I know you're in Canada and you're North of Toronto. What's the, where, what's North of Toronto? I don't know my Canadian geography very well. <laughs> and obviously you're not missing on too, too much. So we're in North Bay, Ontario, Canada. No one necessarily knows where that is, but we're literally, yeah three, four hours north of there. Um, we grew up here. Um, I'll grew up even further north than I did. But uh, yeah, we're investing in five different countries and and we're not letting where we're actually located. We have three kids, right? So it's kind of hard. Once they're older, we'll probably nestle into Florida or Texas. But until then, hey, we're families yeah. here and kids. So good for you guys for figuring out. Now, is it remote then? Are you guys in a fairly remote area or or more just like suburban? Yeah, there's 50,000 people, so okay. it's nothing too, too small, nothing yeah. crazy, but. Yeah. How enough. cold is it today? That's the question. Uh, well, I'll, tell, I'll give it to you in Celsius. I don't know my Fahrenheit. so it's, <laughs> That's uh... right. We can't even compare <laughs> notes because we don't know that. It... It's, in, it's in the minus for, for Celsius. So whatever uh, whatever that adds up to at Fahrenheit, I think it's 32 is zero for us. So yeah, it's, so it's you're below 32. That. So you're below freezing right now. Exactly. We're below freezing. And it's still November. Oof. <laughs> I guess you're used to it. You grew up up there. Exactly. That's awesome. Well, so give me the, give me the rundown. It's I'm super, super intrigued. I mean, you guys have accumulated a lot of assets. You're investing in a lot of different countries. What were you doing? Like, what's your background before you got into real estate? So totally not real estate. I was a full-time firefighter. Um, Mel worked at our local college as like a program developer, I don't think it's exactly that. But anyway, she worked at the local college. I was a firefighter. Uh, so nothing to do with real estate, but um, always had that that passion for it or that uh, had that want for it. When I was a kid growing up, one of my hockey coaches actually had a couple of triplexes and, and duplexes. So and I always heard him talk about it and his son had lent me a book. So it kind of ignited a little bit of a, a flame there uh, as I was, you know, high school-ish age. Yeah. Yeah. And so how long were you a fire, firefighter for? And that's one of those jobs, too, where you can kind of do both, right? A lot of people straddle two different careers. Mm -hmm. So, oh, gosh, I was with Ottawa, then to North Bay, less than 10 years. I used to work okay. at the government before. And, and you're exactly right, right? We, we did 24-hour shifts. So uh, on days off, I was basically, you know, hunting down deals and, and property management. Um, and then eventually, once, once the assets, so I think Mel quit her job once we had... This was in 2018. We had 18 uh, properties. I think it was like 56 or 76 units. So she quit her job after a bad car crash. And, and I was not long after. So um, probably could have quit sooner. But yeah, exactly. We were kind of still had the full-time nine to five golden handcuffs while uh, while real estate was was uh, blooming. So I'm curious um, how that worked for you guys, you know, accumulating properties while both holding down a full-time job. Because interestingly enough, the podcast we just had on last week, it, the whole thing was the, this amazing woman, Udania, who um, works, has still works a full-time job for Homeland Security, of course. has knocked down like 40 wholesale deals in the last three years. I love those stories of people that are working full-time and don't they don't let that get in the way of <laughs> taking down deals. So you got, how many deals were you guys able to pick up while, while working full-time? So yeah, let's use 2017. That was probably, uh, other than 2020, one of our biggest growth years or expansion years. So we bought two, yeah, 12 properties in 12 months, basically, which came up to 56 units. 
Okay. Um, so 56 units we added, we already had 20 or so units on top of that. So when we were doing that, Mel and I both working full time. I was also taking overtime every time I could. I was a janitor and what do you call it? Teacher's aide or teacher's assistant. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> we were still, we were gung-ho, right? We were all over the place, still trading time for money. Um, and literally our secret sauce was sometimes we had to divide and conquer and we have three kids. So we had to create time. So anyone that's working out there and thinking, I don't have any time or how do I do this? We did not watch Netflix or whatever those other platforms are called. We didn't watch TV. Yeah. pretty much for that whole year. Yeah. Um, and we got up an hour early. We Before the kids got up, that was our sweet spot of got to carve out time somewhere. Yep, yep. It is amazing when you need to find the time, like how you can find. I remember I, <laughs> one year I wrote a book for Bigger Pockets. Nice. And, uh, and it was just so much, so much writing and so much effort. And it's like, you find the time, you just carve it out. You know, and like you said, a lot of times you're just giving up, you know, binging some show on Netflix to find the time. <laughs> but you know, what are the ages of your kids? I mean, that's still got to be, that had to be a little bit crazy for you guys. They were, yeah, now they're 18, 15 and eight. So yeah, they were young. They were, they were young kids, need a lot of attention, right? Still making their lunches, getting up and then yeah. taking them to activities. So it was busy. It, it, but again, like you just said, Ken, if, if it's something you want and something that you're passionate about, you'll, you'll find the time you'll cut out, you'll leave behind the non uh, essentials. That's right. That's right. So you, you knocked down 12 properties. Obviously they, they were multi-unit properties because it sounds like they were 56 doors. Um, where are those local or where were you buying at the time? At that time? Yes. It was definitely local. So it was in Ontario. Uh, we didn't break out from Canada till about, was it 2020 or 20? I'm trying to mix up all the years now. Uh, but yeah, we didn't break out from, from Canada until that point. COVID kind of pushed us, to be honest with you, to, yeah. to you know, I'm you know what, I want to start making some USD dollars and, and other countries as well. So, uh, but yeah, that period of time was just, it was just in Ontario. And and so how were you sourcing those deals? And are there abundant deals in Canada? I don't, I don't know the real estate market at all in Canada. <laughs> what, what does that look like? It, honestly, like, and I know everyone likes to to harp on the MLS. Like, I still find deals on the MLS. Sure. I'm not one of those guys that goes, "Hey, if it's listed, it must be junk." Uh, I'll, I'll look at anything. Like, yeah. I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't say just I. Myself and the team will look at deals on MLS, LoopNet, Zillow. Well, we've got obviously real estate agents in our desired markets. They'll send us pocket listings, um, and I still like finding sellers before they even know they're going to sell. Right, like mm-hmm. messaging them on their listings to rent, things like that. Just you know, I, I don't do the mass mail outs. It never worked for me, but just trying to get ahead of it. And Hey, if ever you're looking to sell, you know, I'll be your first call and let's make it a win-win. So yep. that's been our, our go-to. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. And so early on, you guys are working full-time jobs. What did it look like in terms of financing? I mean, and, mm-hmm. and what does that look like today? I'm sure that's changed for you guys. Seller financing is still my favorite, my go-to having okay. the seller hold. Yeah. First or second. I love that getting into a deal, not even involving a, a bank, uh, but not everyone wants to obviously fund a deal, right? Sure. Um, using registered funds is my, I'd say my second favorite promissory notes. Um, I like using credit unions, more localized financial institutions that get the market and understand it. So uh, all of the above really, but private money and, and other people's money is still my, uh, my favorite, right? The, the getting into a criteria is very, is a lot lower and the flexibility yeah. and making it win-win. That's what I, that's what we love. You said registered funds. What helped me? What is is that? A, what is that? What do you mean by registered funds? So 
Canada, it's no, no, no. This means our, our RSPs, right? In the States, 401k, Roth IRA. So using people's registered funds as mortgages, right? The self-directed type. Um, Retirement accounts. Basically. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Lots of little nuances, I guess, in real estate. I know, everyone calls it a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so <laughs> funny. Um, okay. So yeah, using other people's retirement accounts, seller financing, obviously a beautiful way to do it. And then, so for private financing, are you, I'm assuming in a lot of the cases you guys are taking down deals, fixing them up with private capital, and then you're refinancing into something a little bit more permanent. You're bang on, right? Yeah. Finding those value adds, doing the burr, yeah. you know, you're refinancing yourself. Exactly. Not yeah. reinventing the wheel, just doing it over and over. Yeah. All right. So you guys have been full-time at this, what, five, six years now. What's, so what's your bread and butter now? What does your business look like today? It's still, so still looking at deals, obviously Canada and the U S primarily. Um, we are in Costa Rica, Mexico and Dominican Republic. So it's, well, it's just fun. Just looking at deals all day long. Basically we've got our mentoring program. So day by day, it's taking the kids to different activities, still our youngest, um, doing podcasts like this, looking at deals, negotiating, and um, yeah, always, always raising capital, right? Like I had two calls last night with people that have some retirement funds and another person that has 150k cash, and it's like, hey, where do you want to invest, and what type of terms do you want or looking for? And now I got to go find the perfect deal for them so that I can. So it, it's just, yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's just constantly doing the same thing. So. Are you mostly, I mean, being out of the country, are those vacation rentals or are those just multifamilies? What are you, what are you investing out of, out of the country? So we've got short-term rentals in Orlando, right? Disney world, obviously. Yep. Texas and Florida as well. We have multifamily, Canada, multifamily. The short-term rentals is mostly Costa Rica, Mexico, and Dominican, right? Gotcha. It's the, And that's pretty much the only place where we'll have like the condos and the villas and the single family homes. Yep. Uh, everything else is primarily multifamily. Yeah. And how, and so I'm just curious, cause it's funny. We, my wife and I just got back from Mexico. And, oh, nice. Uh, yeah. It was a, it was, it was a blast. And there's, there's just, you know, there's so much opportunity there. I got a friend that's down there that's trying to broker some deals and you know, so I know of other folks doing it. I just haven't jumped full, you know, full force into it yet. I'm curious, what, how are you sourcing and how are you vetting and what's your comfort level being in some of these other countries? How does that sh shake out for you? I love that question because initially, honestly, Ken, I was like, Mexico, Costa Rica, like, are you kidding me? No, we're not going there. It is scary. There's no necessarily MLS system. So finding deals, every brokerage has their own site. And I find, especially Costa Rica, everyone's a real estate agent, right? It's like, really? it, it's uh, let's say it sounds like it. Ever, there's lots for sale. There's places for sale everywhere. Oh, wow. Um, it's literally finding those trusted people and then having them introduce you to a trusted team. Uh, and that's been the same with those three countries. Dominican was the same. Mexico was probably, I don't want to say complicated, but the most complicated out of the three, right? Like, uh, even though US and Canada, we both have tax trees with Mexico, same with Dominican, Costa Rica, we don't. Uh, it was basically, you couldn't own anything. You had to, uh, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher it, like fiduciary or fidu I forget the the wording, but they own the, the the sandbox and you kind of own what's within the sandbox, right? So it ha you can't really own anything in Mexico. So the structure initially getting set up hmm. to make sure that we're efficient tax-wise back home and, and legal and legit, that was probably the biggest uh, hurdle with Mexico. But yeah, definitely having the right contacts uh, in all three of the, well, anywhere, but those three especially, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But it was key to the, but definitely scared and, and you know, some nights of, 
what are we doing? Where are we investing? Like, why are we doing this again? So <laughs> why do we do <laughs> where, yeah, where in Mexico are you guys? We're in Tulum. Oh, that's funny. That's right. Kind of near where we just were. We were in Playa de Carmen, which is just north of there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And so are you on the beach near the beach? Because I, if I remember correctly, there was some rules about, you know, being a foreign national owning like within a mile of the beach. Mm-hmm. Right? And is that kind of what you had to run into? And I didn't buy there. I also looked, oh, I forget that rule now as well. Yeah, it was like, uh, same thing with what, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher, what Tolko, oh gosh, I'm not saying that name correct. I looked there too, and that was the exact same thing. It was like protected a mile from the, the ocean or the sand. Uh, anyway, so no, in Tulum, I'm not, uh, okay. not near the ocean. So that did not come into effect. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, there's supposed to be, you know, high speed rails going to the airport, XYZ growth coming in. So yeah, got a good deal and got a couple of penthouses. So just going to sit back and let them let them grow over time. And so they're con other condos, I guess. Um, and and you've right. got a property manager down there that's running it for you. Just curious, yeah, exactly. like for even for Costa Rica and Dominican, are they staying rented? Or are they performing the way you wanted them to? Just depends on the season. So Costa Rica or Costa Rica, whatever you want to call it. We just went through the low season or the rain season. So I think like it was at September and October was not the greatest and somewhat November, but now we're ticking into high season. So now it's going to be high rates, high occupancy. Um, so if you look at it and that's why, like, uh, if I look at it just for those two months, I'm like, oh man, that wasn't great. But if I look at it as uh, you know, trailing 12, then uh, yeah, it's making some good, some good money. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. I mean, that's true for a lot of vacation rentals. We have some, a place in Florida. Oh, nice. You know, if I based it on like January, February, you know, it's a total dog. It's it's like I need 12 <laughs> weeks out of the year and that's it, man. It made it covers this nut over those 12 weeks. Yeah. Now, so again, out of the country, I'm curious, what's the financing like? I mean, how do you go into Dominican Republic and, and put financing on something? So those three countries are a different play. Like Canada, US, we love to highly leverage, you know, use bank debt. You know that place. So I, I won't bore you with that. Right. Costa Rica, Mexico, Dominican. We do have a mortgage broker in Costa Rica. It's not the same loan. Like they're looking at like 50, 55 loan to value. If you're lucky, mm-hmm. sometimes you can't get financing. So I don't really bank on it. Wow. So the play there is mostly to use money back from Canada and the US, buy the asset or even seller financing. Costa Rica, two out of the three places we recently did were seller financing. Oh, never met them. They were from Sweden, Switzerland. Anyway, never met them. Everything was through. Um and selling it. I don't like selling things, but we've had to sell. So we sold one earlier this year in May. And then it's taking the proceeds from those funds, paying everyone back, taking the profit and paying off the other property. So right. for example, if I buy three, I'll probably have to sell two, take the proceeds and then pay off the one completely and have it paid off. So it's a different play than our yep. you know, North America stuff. But Interesting. So you, you can do short-term money, just short-term private money on it and then kind of figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. if you need to sell it, I mean, crap, if you can buy three and sell two and get one free and clear in a short amount of time, that's a, that's a home run. So that's yeah. That's the kind of the concept there, uh, which I know I don't like selling. So it's kind of foreign to me, but anyway, it yeah. works there. And like you said, if you can have one out of three paid off and keep a term, it's going to be worth more, right? Totally. So and do you have, I mean, folks in your network that are sourcing deals for you guys right now, or do you go into market? Like, do you go into Costa Rica and say, okay, who, who's my team? And then just start assembling a team. How does this come about? So Costa Rica, yeah, we've got kind of up in the, um, just north of Tamarindo. So we're in like Cocoa Beach, Petrero, and oh, I can't think of the third place. It's going to bug me. Anyway, 
uh, Alcatel. Anyway, so we have people there that will find us. We like that area. We've got teams there, so it works very well. Also in Hako, Costa Rica. So we'll pick a couple of places. And But again, it's all through introductions through our network, the people we know. So I know and trust them. So I know if I buy another place and they introduce me to a property manager, I'm still obviously going to vet them, but I'm not just throwing a dart and, and wishing and hoping. So that's been the strategy is the network and find the same with Mexico. It's an agent that we know trust through our network. He introduced me to the property manager. So it's, it's a lot of tr- not trust, but a lot yeah. of um, yeah. Who, you know, type. Yeah. Thing. It's a network of people that have that are And for you guys. So let's talk for a little bit. You know, you've been at this a handful of years and now you've worked your way into a mentorship position. What does that, what does that look like for you guys now? Yeah, so it's actually called our Action Family Mentoring Program. Uh, we have just shy of 2,000 at the time of this recording. So yeah, over 1,900 Man, mentees awesome. or students. I wow. call them community members. I never, because they're part of our community, right? Yep. Um, all throughout North America, Canadian and the US side of things. Uh, we've been at it. Well, we had a bad car crash in 2018, right? And that's when the light switch went off was, why are we having scarcity mindset? Why are we still working? Mel quit her job. I quit it soon after. We're like, there's so many deals. There's so much money out there. So anyway, we've been at it since about 2019 and uh, showing people how to buy real estate just like we do in those five different countries. Man, that's amazing. So what did that look? How did you just jump into building a community <laughs> of men? I mean, 2000, I that's nothing to you know shake it. How did That's amazing. 2000 students yeah, in a short amount of time. What did, that, what did that look like? How did you grow that community? <laughs> And uh, and thank you. I appreciate the compliments. It, Mel, you know, my better half is not, she, I can't take all the credit here. I'd be lying, but like, we're like, especially me, I'm what's that ready fire aim. I'm, I'm more of that type with yep. that kind of stuff. And yep. then Mel's more the integrator making sure like, Hey Dave, what about this? So um, car crash, we're actually going to Niagara Falls. So car crash wow. 2018 on our way to a conference. We decided to write a book then became an Amazon bestseller. And then we were like, you know what, let's do a story on social media uh, just to see the appetite. So we created beta one. I think we had like six or eight people and they're like, okay, this is going well. Then we did beta two. We had 20 people. We're like, there's a need for this. And then all of a sudden it just kind of happened. And then here, here we are. So I'm making it sound too simple, but it was just, yeah, tried it out and it worked and started to put pieces together. So yeah, ready, fire, aim. For you guys. (laughs) And that is the entrepreneur mindset so much is like, let's just start, let's just do this. And yeah. then, but you do need that integrator. I'm the same way. Like I, I love to just start stuff and think stuff up, but you got to have that team behind you or that person behind you who's making it all happen too. So it sounds like you guys are a winning duo there. That's, that's mm. perfect. Yeah, I couldn't do it without Mel, that's for sure. So now you've got your students, this, uh, this group of, of, of mentor mentees uh, who are kind of sourcing deals for you. Has that become sort of a, a great primary source for you guys to find deals? Not really. Like they'll post deals in our community. We'll post deals there too. Um, Yes and no. Like there's a lot of deals in there. I don't really pick up the deals. Like all, cause I'm looking at so many deals. I'll put a deal in our cash flow matrix. If it makes sense, you know, I might go depending where I might in my journey. Right. Cause there might be a deal that I would have picked up since months ago, but now I'm not interested or it just doesn't fit. So I'll put it in the group as well. And that's kind of where people are at. So um, it's, it's one of those give more than you take type communities. So sure. people are posting deals and we're all trying to help each other out because what goes, yeah, we're big Tony Robbins people. So mindset, what goes around, comes around, right. All that yep. stuff. Yep. Yep. Man, that's very cool. So I, I mean, maybe I'm sure people are listening to this thinking, wow, that sounds like a really cool group. Maybe point us in the right direction. Somebody's hearing your story. It's resonating with them. They're, they're interested in learning more about you guys or plugging into a community. Where would we direct them to? 
Yeah. And again, the integrator is not here. She always remembers the link. So <laughs> I think it's uh, www.iamreadytoinvest.com. Uh, otherwise, just honestly reach out to us on social. Um, everything is always at investormeldave.com. We're on, oh gosh, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, threads. Oh, wow. So just try and find us there. Um, yeah. yeah. I am ready to invest.com. I like that. <laughs> nice, long, but easy, easily remembered uh, domain. Uh, and then you guys, all your social handles are investor mail, Mel Dave for both. Correct. Of these, right? Investor, investor Mel, Dave, Mel yeah. Dave. Okay. That's nice awesome. simple. Man, Dave, this was awesome. I love catching up with the Canadian, finding out how you guys are investing all over the world. This is, and I'm sure the next time we talk, you're going to be in 10 countries. Like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Ken. Appreciate having me on. Yeah. Enjoy talking to you. Take care. Okay. Bye for now. Man, was that good or what, Kevin? Uh, I loved it, man. So appreciate you having them on today. That was great. Aren't you just inspired to buy properties just everywhere? Places like Costa Rica and Dominican and Mexico. I mean, I want to figure no this kidding. out. And just a reminder, man, it doesn't matter what profession you come from, your background. I mean, you can do this. Like You, yeah. you don't have to have just woken up and decided, I'm going to be a real estate expert. Come from any field and be successful with this. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, I love the fact that in just a short amount of time, a handful of years, they are just buying up properties left and right. And they're not just limited to their own country. They're all over the place. I think it's a good reminder to like think bigger, think outside the box. Yeah. Hey, so when you go to Canada with the kids, just be thinking, and you could have gone to Costa Rica. But I'm talking about leaving the country and looking at real estate. True. True. <laughs> you know, we've been to the I've been to the Caribbean enough times. It's like I've been there, done that. Haven't been to Canada that many times. And yeah. not Toronto. So I'm, I'm kind of excited, especially in the summer when it's already hot. Let's go oh, to the yeah. Caribbean when it's already hot. Oh, uh, you guys are going to have a blast. Yeah. See if you can find a moose. There's a lot of moose out there, is what I hear. It's a good thought. It's a good thought. Contest first kid to spot a moose. That's right. There you go. I like it. I like it. Hey, Kevin, should we do this next week? Uh, I always love doing this. I think we're getting close to Christmas. If we don't do it next week, we'll do it the week after. How about that? I like it. Put it on your calendar. See you, All brother. Right, Merry Christmas. Bye, brother. Bye, brother. Friends, thanks so much for making it all the way to the end of today's podcast. If you or possibly a friend has any interest in learning more about real estate investing or opportunities with Red Barn Home Buyers, take a minute and head on over to redbarnhomes.com and check out our investors page or our franchise page, or just drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Can't wait to see you on the next episode of The Deal Farm. Hey friends, just a final thought before you check out. You know, so many of us are going 100 miles an hour through life. We're weighed down by stress or worry or even that haunting feeling of emptiness. But it doesn't have to be that way. I've actually put together a quick resource at faithcrossroad.com where I share just a little bit about the faith that gives me hope and purpose and identity. And I'd love to share it with you. Again, faithcrossroad.com.